is film like milk. Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm. Damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, and welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we decide if a movie has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me from the depth of Harkonnen is my podcast co-host, David William Rogers. Hello to you. Hello. <laughs> Try to do the no, the low yeah. voice thing to see if my yeah, com- please don't, computer... Please don't. Please don't. Please don't murder me, um, you floating bald man. Uh, David, that's a little preview. It's just me and you today on the podcast yeah. because, uh, you know, we like to spice it up a little bit. We like to talk movies, just the Ooh, two of us. Oh, I like what you did there with mm. the spice it up. Spice mm. it up. Uh, if you haven't guessed what film we are doing, David, tell the people what film we're doing today. We are doing Dune 1984, directed that's by the- David Lynch. 1984, people. That's right. Before HBO Max, before Timmy Chalamet, there was a 1984 version. Mm -hmm. Hello to you, old movie. The writing credits are David Lynch for the screenplay, but this is based off the novel by Frank Herbert. Oh, I wonder if he's a relation of mine. Could be. I doubt it. I would be much more rich. And knowing my family, we would have claimed that a long time ago, the way I always claim if someone's Australian. So I think it's my turn to do the synopsis. And I feel lucky because, you know, obviously I saw the new movie and then I saw this. So I'm I'm going to keep it brief. But this is a film about a dick measuring contest and uh, three family, two families fighting over control for basically what is a euphemism for oil? It's uh, this thing called spice and it helps you fold the universe and it helps you with interdimensional. I don't know if that's right, but like you should travel the universe, you know, and uh, it's the year 10,000 something. Uh, luckily in this movie, everyone's white. So I win. Uh, my race has continued to flourish. And basically there's this kid and he has these weird visions his mom's a concubine. She's like a witchy type lady. His dad's a duke. And long story short, he goes to this new place where there's no water and there's this thing called spice that helps, you know, fuel shit. There's also these giant worms that you don't want to fuck with, like giant. And um, yeah, bad shit happens. His dad gets killed. He has to go find the Fremen, who are these like local people. And uh, the difference, it's interesting, like talking about this film versus like the new one, because I feel like I got a lot of spoilers for the next one. I mean, I could read the book. There's already a spoiler out there. But uh, the 1984 version, we get into a lot more story. We kind of race through some content here. So we'll get into that because I don't want to give it all away up top. I don't like to give it away for free. you got to buy the cow. Um, But David, I imagine that you had not seen this original version. Uh, (laughs) No, I had not seen this OG version. And I'm glad I saw it. But... There is definitely some interesting things that popped out to me. One being mm-hmm. that, you know, white biracial people, black people, any kind of no brown Asian people, people, Asian people Mm-mm. did not Mm-mm. did not make it to the no, they didn't to make the it. outer Sorry. reaches of space in the year ten thousand one hundred ninety one. Unless maybe we set up somewhere else. We're like, you know what? You guys have you that guys desert. take all these planets. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, you guys keep doing what you're doing, just exploiting native people <laughs> and you know, taking it's what we do taking their things yes so 
It's a long and beautiful heritage of taking what we want and fucking over the local people. <laughs> um, but in this case, strangely enough, the people that we're fucking over are also mm-hmm. white. So usually we go, you know, try to spice it up, spice ah, it up. Yeah. I mean, I think what we know about the future is that everybody's going to be like a level of like brownie beige, right? Like we're all going to become this amorphous um, vibe and it's not white and nobody's going to have blonde hair. But in this, in this, they would be well, tanner in, this... in Arrakis. I feel like Hell just yeah. because of thousands of years of living in that environment. In yes. Your body, mm-hmm. you would evolve into protecting yourself. Like totally like my skin colors. Right. So my people, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and also I feel like things like you would have probably really long eyelashes because the sand, the sand and you'd probably have, that's the thing. Like in the year 10,000, there are, you know, the Harkonnen are like the evil ones. If you've seen the original, oh, sorry. If you've seen the new movie, <laughs> um, it's the it's the Skarsgård people. It's the baldies who like live in the goo and they're all fucked up. Um, that's like the only humanoid type people that have like changed dramatically. But yeah, I mean, what we know about evolution is that like, if you live on a planet that's completely sand, you would have, you'd have like maybe flaps over your nose. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know like, the blue eye thing. Like that's not enough of a change. <laughs> me, Which is weird too, because when they're showing them how to use those suits, I believe he said, breathe in through your nose or breathe in through, no, your, in mouth, through your mouth, and mouth. Out through your nose, which goes against, I would say mm-hmm. any kind of good medical advice because you're breathing yeah. in sand. They have the things taking the sand yeah, deep into your lungs. They have the things plugged into their nose. You think they breathe in through their nose, out through their mouth. It's like that. What we know about COVID system. is that <laughs> it's a joint system. Yeah. If you're wearing a mask under your nose, you should just basically not be yeah, wearing a mask. Just, so it's all connected. Just be a mouth breather at that point. Yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting. It's interesting to see this film. Obviously, 1984 was a long time ago. Mm. Forty, almost 40 years ago. Yeah. We're coming up which is insane. And also interesting to note that at the time, this was produced a year after the first Star Wars. So I, not to completely start shitting on this movie immediately, <laughs> but I feel like Star Wars had better technology than this film. Yeah, it seems like think? they pulled it off better in Star Wars. Mm. And there's a lot of cheesiness in some of these scenes that they mm-hmm. had to act in. And I would have to see the budget for Star Wars, but this had like a $40 million budget. In the 80s. Yeah, and the original runtime was four hours. Oh, my God. I mean, it's a lot of content Mm -hmm. to get through. Like, I definitely think you and I should both go and read the book now and discuss because I do love a a sci-fi book. But yeah, this film, I think about an hour and a bit in is kind of where it catches up to what the new movie is. The new movie is basically like setting up for a trilogy, I think, or at least a second mm-hmm. one. I know they just announced the second one, but uh, they there is a part where they're like two years later and then it's just like, it's very rushed, yeah. right? Like they, they cover a lot of material. And I think it's because they had to make those cuts, right? David Lynch didn't get mm-hmm. his director's cut and mm-hmm. he didn't get that four hour movie that he that he probably wanted to explain all this. So they had to go back and add in like that, the thoughts that everybody else could hear. And it's like, oh, this emperor is not an asshole after all. He cares about the people. And to move that story along, and it's like, yeah, like you're saying, the little sister was involved. And in the new mm-hmm. version, there is no little sister. The mom, I don't well, even we know. We see like a, yeah, no, we see him having a premonition that his mom is pregnant. Yeah. And he even says to her, but we don't meet her. We don't meet she's her. Like a baby. She's an actual. She's, she's a baby in a vision. Yeah, yeah. A character in the 1984 version. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, 
kind of some disconnect there and they it, it felt a little rushed in this movie but there was supposed to be a sequel or trilogy or actually this was supposed to be a trilogy with david lynch and the studio said no because 40 million dollar budget and they only got like 32 back oh. so they they canceled the, the trilogy on them yeah i have to say there were moments in this movie watching it that i was laughing hysterically because it is yeah. Okay. So the exposition, you kind of touched on it. Like, I feel like that is such a cheap trick almost in filmmaking, like to have, so at this, at the top of the film, there's a woman who just like explains she's the princess, whatever. She like tells you basically how the world exists and like, she's setting it up. It's a lot of information. It's like game of Thrones, like where, when I was reading the books, I had to keep flipping back to the front page that showed like the houses and stuff like that yeah. in a movie. You don't have that. So what I liked about the newer version versus this is that like they do it through flashback and like it's giving the audience more of a chance to be intelligent, to sort of like piece it together in this one. Like you said, we get like the thoughts of the character and we get this exposition. And to me, it was just like a lot. He has that diamond on his forehead so he can be (laughs) trusted, but he's holding something back. And Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting too, because it was Virginia Madsen in the beginning, right? That talks about mm-hmm. it. She has no lines in this whole movie after no. that. She just stands she next appears, to the emperor. Yeah, she's standing next to her yeah, guy. At the, yeah. end, at the end scene. So, mm-hmm. like, why would you have her do the the initial According setup? to what I read, I found an article that kind of did, like, a side-by-side comparison. Because also when you're watching it, the old one, if you've seen the new one, you're trying to remember... Okay, like, for example as we all know, or maybe I've never said it publicly on the podcast, but I work for Jason Momoa's production company and Jason Momoa plays Duncan Idaho in this, in this new film. And this guy like shows up and they're like, Oh, Duncan. And then in my mind, I'm doing like a side by side. I'm like, this is Jason in the new one. And then like, yeah, Timothy Chalamet versus the guy that plays it in the 1984 version. So you definitely, I'm like trying to remember which one was like Josh Brolin. You know? Yeah, that was Patrick Stewart's character. Yeah, yeah, which I was like, that man has not aged a day No, in his he life. hasn't. And did you see that they cast him on accident? No, I didn't yeah. see that. They thought they were casting, David Lynch thought they were casting a different Patrick Stewart. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and this Patrick Stewart got cast. Well, Scott was saying to me, I think this was before Star Trek. And he's like, this was probably Patrick's first journey into space. Mm-hmm. So, because like, if you said Patrick Stewart now, there's no other Patrick Stewart. Yeah, like, this is the guy. Exactly. But so Virginia Madsen, so sorry, a long roundabout way of saying I did read in this side by side article that the exposition thing is actually true to more true to the to book. The novel, yeah. But what I think, what I think is interesting about David Lynch's version is that he only had the book as a material, right? Like, so it's very hard if you've ever tried to adapt a book. I had a crack at it once for a producer. Totally. He did not ask me. And then he was like, I cannot read this because I actually own the material and I don't want to like, you know, do things that are bad. Don't send unsolicited material to people, by the way, uh, guys, because they won't open it. But it's very hard, especially if it's a very wordy thing. He probably thought the best way through was exposition. Now, Denny Villeneuve had this book and he had a previous example of how someone had attacked how they it. Try to so, execute it. Yeah. so he was able to make it like a better version, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's it's difficult. Also, like our technology has come such a long distance where so many of these effects would have been practical. Like the 
the seeker thing so yeah what's that thing the, called? the hunter, the hunter seeker. seeker yeah that tries to kill him in the new movie that was for sure vfx right in the old version the 1984 version that we're discussing i was like is that on chicken wire yeah like, you know they had and to move yeah. very like linear mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's uh yeah it was interesting seeing the 2020 or 2021 version first and then watching yes yeah. it's kind of different Agreed. different perspective david lynch also has Maybe it's not just David Lynch, but like the 80s, this movie reminded me that some of the movies that I saw when I was a kid from this time period made me feel so gross. Like perfect example is Terry Gilliam's Brazil, which I don't know if you've seen that film, Mm. but it's, it's not from the 80s. It's from the 90s, but it's like, just makes you feel so uncomfortable. Like, I think there was a lot of this feeling of like, mistrust and what is a what does a bad guy look like i think now cinema is like a bad guy could be anyone it could be the handsome guy it could be the creepy looking guy and i just like felt kind of icky in this movie 1984 dune (laughs) watching it just because like certain things were just like just it just like it's the colors i don't really know how to describe it and david lynch i think he's a fucking amazing filmmaker but like he kind of pioneered this like icky Maybe it's the lighting. I don't know. Yeah. Did you feel icky it, when you were watching Oh, this? yeah. There's a couple of gross scenes, especially with the Baron and like the boils on his face. Like This Baron compared to Skarsgård in the 2021 version, it's like night and day. Skarsgård's mm-hmm. a lot more menacing and you feel mm-hmm. like he has more power. Mm-hmm. This one in 84. It's, he holds back a little bit more. Yeah. You know? He's a little more sinister. This one is kind of like cartoonish almost, how he's flying around laughing hysterically. Yeah. And then that weird sexual tension with that yeah. guy that he pulled his, the heart plug nephew. out. Oh, and that guy. Yeah. yeah, I was reading about that. So he, in the book, is like very much like a pedophile and like rapes little boys and stuff. Yeah. And that's, they kind of don't show it in the film. I'm sure in 1984, you couldn't show that, but you kind of insinuate mm-hmm. something. And we didn't have that. And Denny Villeneuve totally took out um, the Sting character, spoiler alert, Sting yeah. is in this movie Which in the nineteen eighty four. Stewart did not know he was a musician. And when he Are you serious? When he found out, he said, Oh, like, you know, you're in a band. He's like, Yeah, we're I'm in a band called the police. And he thought it was just a group of law enforcement people that were <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot of cases of mistaken identity in yeah. this film. Um <laughs> Uh, by the way, I misspoke. Terry Gilliam's Brazil came out in 1985. So yes, there is a period of 80s cinema that I think I've studied that makes me feel kind of gross. And I can't tell if it's the lighting or if it's like, yeah, the prosthetic choices or if it's the set choices. Because the sets in this also made me feel a bit icky. And like, it just felt wrong. Like all the heavy metals and like, I think, I really think it's something to do with every generation has a theme that they're, talking about and if I look back in the 80s and I think about like what people were like concerned about it was very much like the cold war right like not being able to trust the government and stuff like that and you see that in the architecture even like the way that it was very like oppressive I don't know it's it's interesting that that sort of makes it all feels like it's in a similar you know it's almost like steampunk right like some of the stuff um and the new one is very different. It's much more like, I feel like the sets of the ninth of the 2001, 21 Dune, like fit with the landscape, right? Yeah. Like in, on, um, Arca- what's it, what's the land with the spices? Is it Arcadia? Uh, no. Arakan? 
or Arrakis. Arrakis. You know, everything is much more like deserty. It feels like it fits. And in the 1984 version, it really is coming from this like higher ruling class. I think that's one of the differences. Like the 2021 version is coming from the oppressed people, the Fremen. We get to know them a lot more. Mm -hmm. And Paul kind of like joins them because he's a privileged person. Oh, definitely. He's a Duke's son. And then in the in the 1984 version, it's like we are only really concerned with the storylines of these like warring yeah. upper class and everything's gold and guilt. And yeah, and it's, it's just... I tried to watch the 2021 version again, but it got pulled from, you know, HBO oh, Max did. had it for like 30 days. But I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of compare um, the Emperor's kind of storyline because in the 84 mm-hmm. version, we have that weird ass worm kind of alien monster. Yeah, which I was hysterically that was so gross the close-ups with the little mouth and the gas shooting out of it yeah scott thought like a and it was his mouth (laughs) he was like shooting lasers and scott scott this is this is so annoying about my partner like i'll be like oh me and david are gonna watch this movie for the podcast and he'll be like don't make me watch your homework with you i'm like it's not homework we are literally watching cool movies that you would never necessarily sit down and watch mm. and then he's like i'm not watching it and then he sat and basically watched the whole thing with me from the kitchen and was like is that guy shitting out lasers <laughs> well maybe if you watched it from the beginning you, you would know. realize that it's this gross little mouth yeah. <laughs> it's just in the 21 version doesn't have that i don't think that character is even introduced and the emperor doesn't have much of a presence right in the 21 version he's i think he's briefly there and it's like he's pulling the strings for a second but yeah i was linking back that the worm creature i couldn't even i honestly tried to put on the subtitles i watched it on stars and they were in spanish even though i selected english and i was like all right i need to email stars about this but um i don't know really what his the that whole storyline in the 1984 version it's like they're yeah, there's this like super elite, almost like a lizard people or a what are what are some other conspiracy theories? The Illuminati yeah. that are like pulling the strings and everybody yeah. else is just a puppet, including the Duke and the Baron and yeah. Cause the Baron wasn't really with the worm people, right? That's like a different section of class of people. The, it was almost was like the Emperor was crew? up. Well, the Emperor's the top level, and then you've got the Baron and the Duke kind of like on the same yeah, the next warring, level down. Warring, warring. Yeah. And it felt like in the 1984 version, they were trying to... I think there's a lot more questions. And, and even... Okay, so super spoiler alert. You can totally skip this part if you want to. But like Paul, the in, in the new version, it's Timothy Chalamet, he is like trying to figure out what the connection between the worms and the spice are. Do we ever understand what that connection is. Uh, he just was like, the worms are spice. Spice are the worms. Yeah. And then he drinks the water of life and everybody gets a nosebleed. And then <laughs> gets a nosebleed. and then he basically can like look into, I don't know, like the future or whatever those witches can't do because like the women can't Place do that they don't, they don't want to look. Yeah. And he can move. Basically, I think at that point, he's like part of the sand and he can move. Maybe he can, um, he can fold time on itself or the universe on itself without, without the, spice. the spice because like he's he's like got it right the he's the prophet yeah he's yeah. the one that the fremen spoke of so he just has a ton more power now after he drank the water of life which men weren't supposed to do and they, they never passed that test that he was given and that's those mirror each other because uh timothy chalamet had to do that same test 
So I think what we're kind of saying is that it's still kind of confusing, <laughs> even though we've both watched this version. Because again, I think a book and a movie are so different. In two and a half hours, and I've now seen what, like five hours of Dune, like basically two versions of the same, you know, at least part of the story. I'm still not totally clear. Yeah. And I think the challenge that a filmmaker has, and David Lynch, you know, to his credit, he tries to fit an entire book into this time. It's it's just a lot of like themes and like I think it, maybe if you saw this movie like four times you'd get it more or maybe if you read the book I and think saw the read movie the book, you need all that yeah. extra detail because science fiction like you're not only explaining who these characters are you're introducing a whole new society a whole new world yeah it's, it's how a things work the class system all mm-hmm. those things and have these these characters be like prominent within that so mm-hmm. it's it's super interesting. The 84 compared to the 21. And I'm excited that Dune got greenlit for a, a sequel, mm-hmm. at least, right? For mm-hmm. That's coming out in 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be really exciting. Um, because... Especially... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, especially because now I kind of have a preview of, like, where the story's going. Um, that's what I was going to say. But I think... Because the 84 I think shows you more. But I think it's interesting, like, the ni- yeah, so the 1984 version of Dune is very much about class and warring factions and, like, espionage, or, yeah, yeah, kind of, like, betraying people and stuff like that. And in the ni- in the 2021 version, it's more about uh, Native people. It's more about the oppressed. So it's just interesting, like, where we as a society find those stories. Also, in the 1984 version, some of the... Um, some of the choices. So like the, the guy that betrays them and puts the poison tooth mm-hmm. in Paul's the dad's doctor. mouth, the doctor who in, in the 1984 version is played by, I know he was like on quantum leap afterwards. Uh, Dean Stockwell. Okay. So Dean Stockwell is the guy who plays him in the new version the motivation for him betraying the people that he works for is that they, he, he believes his wife is being held and this will protect like them. Like wife and kid, in, right? Wife yeah. and kid. And in the 1984 version, it's like, he's a bad man that killed them. So like, I think Denny Villeneuve in the new version twisted a lot of the motivations to feel more like emotional, which is definitely a new uh, thing of storytelling. Like same with Paul in the 1984 version, he, is like about to like fight the Fremen and then they are like, no, you will have safe passage because you're brave. But we don't actually see him being he, brave. He does in the, you, oh, you mean in the 84 version? Yeah, he says In the new version, brave. he fights a guy. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet fights a guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, and then Paul in the 84 version doesn't fight somebody until he fights Sting. But he just mm-hmm. runs, he kind of runs away and then the woman's like, And they're like, you're, you're so, so brave. brave. Yeah, you got passage. <laughs> but it was his mom in the 84 version that was kind of a G and grabbed the guy's throat. So I thought the 84 version, the Fremen really opened up super quick and didn't mm-hmm. test him at all. And they're like, yeah, you know, come check out our water. We're going to turn this place into, into something different. And oh, maybe, maybe you're the leader right away because they had to speed this thing up yes and the 21 version they took some more time with it but when you're talking about like the native people i think the 84 version did a little bit more with paul siding with the fremen saying like hey Mm -hmm. these are this is yours this is the sand is Mm -hmm. yours we're gonna eliminate all this spice trade and then we and he's a fremen now are gonna have this and then we'll control the universe Mm -hmm. because 
this is your planet. You guys should rock mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. And in the new version, it, we really haven't gotten there yet. Um, mm-hmm. he, he like he wants to revenge for his his dad and things things of that mm-hmm. nature. But as far as the impact of the Fremen and how he's boosting them up, we haven't gotten there yet. We mm-hmm. only saw the worms at the end, very end of the twenty one version. This one, they're riding them like <laughs> halfway through, right? Yeah. No, I mean, we see them a little bit in the new version. Like, we see them take stuff, but yes, the interaction. But also, can we talk about the worms? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. The, what's crazy is to know that this... Because Star Wars also has, like, worms, right? In the sand. And maybe it's the second one or whatever. But, like, the worms in this movie look like plasticine or, like, clay like puppets or something they just look like shit Uh, they just look like shit. i was wondering how they were going to do the scene because you're waiting for it the first worm um Mm -hmm. when the emperor and paul they go out or sorry the duke paul and his dad mm -hmm. go out to see the mining of this uh the spice and in the new version it's pretty like intense and it looks real in this one, mm-hmm. it's kind of like they're shaking the camera to make sure like they're, yeah. the plane is going up and you see this little tiny um, thing manufacturing or gathering this the spice and then the worm comes up and crushes it. And it and doesn't even eat it. it. Yeah, it's yeah, just kind of yeah. mouthing on it like a cookie monster <laughs> with a cookie. Yeah, and so it's, it's definitely the, the VFX and special effects for that compared to 21 is, is night and day. And it's like, you can't compare it because even like going back, you know, I just watched recently the Harry Potter reunion special that came out. Um, and when you look at the first Harry Potter film compared to like the later Harry Potter films, like the Quidditch matches, like technology is ever evolving. Yeah. You know, I think we're at a place right now where VFX looks so good, but what the fuck do I know? Like I was saying to Scott in the eighties, people were probably like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, you know? how they do that? How did they do that? And then in this and it's the same with now, you know, like where you're like, wow. And then maybe there'll be new technology so much better because you have to laugh in this. Yeah. The worms looked like garbage. And then in the new one, they're very scary and they, you know, but it's even it's the green the screens when the, they're mm-hmm. all right in the one worm. And there's probably this. You can see that scene is yeah. very long and I don't think it needed to be That's this long, so long when they're um, they're doing like the voice guns. And every, they're just mm-hmm. like, they zoom in on one guy on the side of the worm, zoom gun or voice gun. And it's just like, they keep doing that. And it's like, yeah, we get it. You know in the I mean? 2021 version, we don't really have the voice gun thing. We have the voice, which is like the the women can control people. And, and Paul also has that. But in this 1984 version, it's actually a weapon that they use to like, it's like on their wrist. It's like a machine that they kind of speak through and it's almost like a laser yeah, they have that's controlled the microphone the on their throat mm-hmm. and then it's connected to that little gun and he teaches mm-hmm. the Fremen how to do it. They have that scene with the rock and he's like, mm-hmm. this is your strongest like rock and mineral, right? Has a guy try to hit it. He's like, guy try to stab it with a knife or whatever. And he's like, yell at it. And the guy's like, break. Everybody laughs. And he's like, back up. And he says something and it, it just shatters and he teaches all the Fremen how to do that so it, it is kind of interesting in the 21 version like you said only paul is pretty much the only male that has that but, ability 
Maybe we're going to get introduced yeah. to it in the new one or something. And I think what was interesting earlier on in the 1984 version is he says they're fighting with weapons I don't understand. Like, I think it's the Emperor says that. And like that to me was like, okay, so they're actually kind of afraid of the Fremen in the 1984 version. In the 2021 version, they're not afraid of the Fremen. They're just trying to, like, exploit them. Mm. And he, he says something like, you know, they're little raiding parties. Yeah. And I think what we're going to see in the 2021 or whenever it comes out, the new second installment is that they are, there are more of them because that's what we find out in the 1984 yeah. version. Cause I think Duncan character that Jason Momoa played, mm-hmm. he lived with the Fremen for a little bit. Yeah. Then Timothy Chalamet Which, comes back and he's like, yeah, these, these are great people. So I was in, so I, w- yeah, I work for Pride of Gypsies. Um, and I was speaking to, I think someone over at Warner brothers when we, when the first one was coming out, um, because we were helping, you know, I just organ- helped organize with like, some of the marketing materials and whatever. And she was saying that there was a lot more footage of Duncan Idaho with the Fremen. Um, like, cause I think in the new version, he sort of says, I've been embedded with them. And even in the 1984 version, he says, there's so much more. These are the allies we've been looking for. But in both movies, we don't actually get to see Duncan Idaho interacting with the Fremen, which I think is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, we kind of just let him leave and then we don't go with yeah. him because the, the focus is on Paul. And there's still more but, of Duncan's character that Jason played in 21 compared to this actor that's in what the I was 84. Say. Where, does, where does he go in the 84 yeah. version? Because from what I've understood from... Um, talking to people that have read the book, he's actually one of the characters that like carries all the way through. And yeah. I think it's like with with uh, Delaney Villeneuve choosing not to include the Sting character, which is like the nephew of the Baron. You can't, they just you just can't give everybody the same mm-hmm. amount of screen time when you're trying to introduce yeah. all these new and ideas. And I, I think I might have said Patrick Stewart played Duncan, but it's it's actually. Um... Yeah, he's he's a different character. He plays Patrick no, yeah, Stewart plays uh, Josh Brolin's character. Yes, in yes. the uh, the trainer guy. Yeah, yeah, and like the, one of the I don't know if he's a general or not, but did, how funny was that when he went into battle with that pug strapped to his chest? Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so in the nineteen eighty in the twenty twenty one version, I don't think there's any dogs or no. anything. But in the nineteen eighty four version, uh, did you in the very beginning the emperors all have bulldogs? Which I'm like, well, I'm glad these. Dogs have not changed in 8,000 years. I'm sure they wouldn't have had any kind of <laughs> new, development. new breeds. Yeah. Yeah. And then, the, yeah, then the the Duke's family has a fucking pug. And it was funny. We were watching it when they were like folding space when they're going to um, the Spice Planet. And Scott was like, best acting in the whole movie because the pug's just <laughs> sitting there. But yes, then there's a scene where they like, he's like fighting off all these like people coming to attack him and he's got the pug under his arm no he's like strapped i think to his uh oh he's strapped he might be strapped to his chest yeah it's so funny and then they just meet up randomly in the desert in like the last act (laughs) and his hair is just a little bit longer in the back yeah (laughs) oh my god i was dying how different i was kind of laughing and like you said the technology changes and they had to work with what they worked with but that um piece of equipment that they had to protect themselves like that body shield and it's just a bunch it's like three different big blocks in the 84 version and then in the uh 21 version it's it's a lot cooler how it looks it's like a a, yeah it's like a a film new version yeah like a film and in the 1984 version it literally (laughs) looks like tars from um from interstellar from interstellar (laughs) but like sort of see-through and then they're wrestling and i was dying laughing (laughs) And I shouldn't because I don't know how to even do anything in VFX. Yeah. 
these people are working on computers that took up fucking huge oh, libraries, sure. you know, in the 80s. Yeah. So, yeah. and the people making it were probably like, this is fucking epic. It is, I mean, yeah, for what they're doing. Um, I saw the production crew was like 1,700 people. Oh, they had shit. 80 sets built on 16 different sound stages. And uh, it was more, more than six years in the making. So the original Dune, nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they shot it in Mexico, I think I read. But the yeah. new one, the new one, the Spice Planet is Jordan, I believe. Oh, that's um, cool. Wadi Rum. Yeah. Because uh, we have a, I have a colleague out there right now on a show that we're doing, and um, yeah, man, it's like the landscape there. Yeah, I mean, it's just so different. Like right, like now plane travel is not as expensive it's more manageable mm-hmm. i mean we've seen it with like uh what were we talking about the other week um the north by northwest like you know it's just the sets just look so much re- more real because a lot of times they can actually go to these places yeah. like it's not on sound stages because it's actually possible to have a whole entire crew you know out in this fucking amazing location and they'll have cell phones uh so on the 84 yeah. version they had a temporarily shut down a few times because they the staff or the crew suffered from montezuma's revenge which is basically like the you know people are shitting themselves and then yeah and then stifling smog rolling blackouts food poisoning and a single telephone line oh my god (laughs) yeah i have to say though i i mean it's amazing to watch the 1984 dune because um you see some of the, like Patrick Stewart, you already mentioned, but like Kyle McLaughlin, who played Paul, I feel like I've seen him in a lot of different things. Yeah, he, and then even... He was in a pretty yeah, successful that TV series um, about, uh, what is it? Like that murder mystery. Oh, uh, Murdoch Mysteries? Uh, isn't it a murder mystery? He was in you know, it was Twin Peaks. He was in Twin, Twin in Peaks. Twin Peaks. Which also was directed by David Lynch. Yeah, he's in Showgirls. I like just like Linda Hunt, who played like the maid in the 1984 version. I've seen her in a bunch of different things. I think she's Professor Trelawney in Harry Potter. Like just interesting to see. I mean, obviously seeing Sting was like, I was, I couldn't, at first I was like, is that Sting? And then I was like, yeah, it is. Fuck. This is crazy. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of names, but yeah, they, they said that um, before Virginia Madsen was given the part, Jodie Foster, Michelle Pfeiffer, Meg Ryan, uh, Melanie Griffith, Bridget Fonda, and Sarah Jessica Lee Parker were all considered for that role. And then Damn. Val Kilmer and Rob Lowe both turned down the role for Paul Atreides. That was played by Kyle McLaughlin. Damn. And Glenn, Glenn um, Close t- was almost in this. She was offered, oh offered the role of Lady Jessica. Yeah, that that was, which is in the new version, that's Rebecca Ferguson, mm-hmm. right? Who is amazing. Um, she is. I totally misspoke. Uh, Linda Hunt was not in um, Harry Potter. I'm just fucking everybody's <laughs> the profiles up today. But um, it was interesting uh, to see how they had kind of like recast things as well in the new version. Like the Fremen guide that they have in the 2021 version. Um, Javier, but, sorry, in the nice, Javier Bardem. Yeah, in, no, I'm talking about the the woman that like helps them. In the old version, it's a man. In the 2021 version, it is. Let me find her name real quick. 
is it Sharon Duncan Brewster? Yeah. She plays Dr. Liet Keynes. You know, um, the woman that like kind of takes them to go meet the Fremen or t- takes them out in the, in the 1984 version, it's just this white guy that gets killed. Um, in the, in the 2021 version, they put, you know, more women, I think where they could, which mm-hmm. is good. That is good. Um, yeah. cause otherwise like the 1984 version does feel very male heavy. Right. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting. So when she sees Paul, Right, because she had been living with the Fremen in, in the twenty one version, and that's mm-hmm. why she makes the introduction. And mm-hmm. um, I think they kind of might do her inner monologue too. But she's like, because he, he tucked his pants over his boots, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. he will know the ways of the ways." Yeah, but it's so fucking funny. It's like, yeah, you don't want sand in your boots. The guy was like, "Oh, <laughs> this is just how it seemed. I I put him over." my boots and then the 84 version it was it seemed like they gave more detail about how the suit works mm-hmm. the suit works. yeah and yeah. then no, they, well they did they but it, it was different it, but, because yeah. um in the 84 version he was the guy goes to show him how to do it and he's like oh he's already done they don't just say that it was the pants tucked over the boots and the 84 version is like oh hey wait man. you got your you got your underpants <laughs> on the inside how did you know he's the one <laughs> yeah i don't know it just felt Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the I mean, obviously, yeah. So the main character is, is Paul and Timothy Chalamet plays it more. I think like, like he's an introvert kind of like he's a bit more, um, you know, like cerebral and like thinks a lot more in the 1984 version. It was much more the traditional hero's journey where he was like, just more confident or something. The guy just made different choices as an actor, obviously. Yeah. Just stepping up every time. Like it's my time. I got to wear the ring now. Yeah. Poke his chest out. Yeah. And he was, he Um, was like, yeah, I'm doing, doing this for the Fremen, but also he's like, I'm powerful. For my dad. In the 84 version. He's like, I control Mm -hmm. the universe. I think he said, instead of like we. Yeah. And also in the, in the old version, um, the like the Zendaya character, she had a lot more to say. I think they left it a bit more mystical in the 2021 version because obviously we haven't gotten that story yet and like mm-hmm. they can't fit it all in. But I did find that interesting as well that like she had more of a kind of a role in the, in the older version, like as the love. So she's kind of the love interest, but like also carried some of the story. She was like a warrior. And in yeah, in the new version we just haven't got there yet, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So I think they're you can't really compare. They're getting there. But it is interesting because I felt I don't know if you felt like this, but the twenty one version, I'm like, yeah, it was great. The the scenes were amazing. The sets looked awesome. The acting was really good, but I still felt like I wanted more story. But then to your mm. point, like you couldn't fit that all in. And then the eighty four version actually gave us some of those glimpses, but then it felt rushed. Yeah, I feel like the, listen, I to give both of them credit, I think they did what they could do in the format. Again, a book and a film are so different. And it seems like the Dune book is so dense and heavy and like description and like just like setting up the world and stuff. And, and you know, like you love to read. Reading a book and viewing a movie are two totally separate oh, yeah. things. Because like, in a book, you can kind of go off on a fucking tangent for a mm-hmm. couple pages and be like, the House of Trades, yeah. like did it, did it. Actually, and Paul's favorite color was green, which is which interesting. is interesting because <laughs> he lived in a place where it rained all the yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> His childhood dog, Timothy yeah. the pug. And then, you know, eight chapters later, it's like her favorite color was also green. They're gonna bang. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. There's a test in both versions where, because Paul is not meant to exist. So essentially it seems like it's this world where there's these reverend mothers who are kind of sent to these families to be concubines and to like continue the bloodlines of these great houses. Right. So Paul's mother was instructed to only bear girls and she gives the Duke a son, which is Paul. And he's not meant to exist because the women are only the ones that are supposed to be able to have this power to like speak and whatever. And um, in the new version, yeah, there's this box he puts his hand in. It's like, you're going to feel pain and we don't see anything in the old version, classic eighties, gross bullshit. (laughs) She, you see this hand like melting and it's, it's totally a trick of the mind. And she's like, you feel the flesh crumbling. But I was like, this is so gross yeah. and scary. I don't need this. <laughs> and then she's like, well, pull your hand out of the box. See, it's fine. And no no yeah. man's ever re- been able to take it that long or whatever. Or, or even woman, I think, has been able to mm-hmm. last that long with that much pain and endure that. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, yeah, maybe. I- and then in her mind. Maybe he is the one. Oh, I would, I would die immediately. Yeah. I just, I just. And die. then she was brutal too, because the little girl shows up just talking her shit. Um, they sent the Paul sends it his little sister. She's like yeah, six. to talk shit to the emperor and everybody else in the Baron. <laughs> I thought that that was so funny. Or like, cool too for that little girl. And the ladies, the Reverend Mother is like, she's an abomination. Kill her immediately. And she's like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey. yeah. Uh, anytime there's a little kid in a scene, I'm like, this is gonna be scary. Yeah, or she's creepy. Gonna be weird. Yeah. yeah. Which she definitely do, was. Do, do you think that was her real voice? I had a suspicion that it was a voiceover. They, I did read they did a lot of voiceovers. Um, probably too a lot for that those internal thoughts. Mm. But I, I could see them adding that in later because she didn't have the voice of a little child. Yeah, it was very yeah. mature. Huh. And also a lot of words. But, I mean, that actress, the little actress was, like, mouthing them at mm-hmm. least. I'm like, Did you see her dancing yeah, with that, like, knife in her hand after she walks out of the Emperor's, like, spaceship and it's blown up? Yeah. She walks out and then they cut to her and she's got the little prick finger thing. And then she's mm-hmm. got a knife in her hand and she's just dancing. dancing. Back. <laughs> and there's a bunch yeah. of dead people sitting around. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of dead people in yeah. this one. I mean, I guess a lot of dead people in the, no, the new one, one too. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just different. I mean, it's also interesting watching the 1984 version and seeing what they thought the future would look like versus now. Like, it sort of opens, one of the opening scenes in the old version, the 1984, is like him, you know, learning about these planets on what kind of is like a very early iPad, but like it's the pixelation. You know, they couldn't imagine that you could have like video, I guess, clear on a screen. Mm-hmm. Um when they're firing on something, these, <laughs> I had to laugh. It looked like a fucking like mini carousel with like motorcycle seats and like periscopes. Do you remember that part? And like all the generals get on this like carousel. It's like slowly moving. Oh, yeah. And then and there's like, like a periscope. They're like looking down to shoot the shooting. guns. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, in the new one, there's like holograms and stuff like that, where people are communicating like we would with like a FaceTime, mm-hmm. but like as in 3D. And in the old one, it's still like radios, you know, yeah. there's no visual. It's just, it's just interesting because sci-fi now I think has moved on. So it, it, that's why I keep yeah. using the term steampunk. Like it's. That uh, it technology moves forward and the film industry can use that. And then even go beyond that with their imagination. And then sometimes then the technology field might take some of those ideas and then 
incorporate that into some of their new technology. So it can yeah. kind of go back and forth with, okay, here's what we do have. Here's where we're kind of going. And then someone creative, like a writer, director, put something in a movie or a TV show. And then someone could say like, oh, well, that's actually, let's try to move towards that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's just, it's just interesting. Everything felt very like radio driven and you know post-apocalyptic and even though looking at star wars like they didn't have like cell phone technology Mm. you know now i've got a more powerful computer than the emperor in my fucking hand but star wars they did have the three little 3d because you know obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope basically in princess leia um interesting about star wars is that i think david lynch was asked to direct return of the jedi and he turned it down when George Lucas asked him. He's like, man, you should, it's not really my thing. You should do it. That's your, you know, your baby. So he turned, he turned Return of the Jedi down. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then he did this one, which, you know, is now honestly like, I mean, I, I would say Dune was pretty fucking huge in 2021. Yeah. Right? But he, David Lynch is not liked. This is like a bad spot for his film career. He said he won't talk about it anymore. And they, what, they, David? David Lynch, yeah. And he, he was asked to do a director's cut. And he's like, no, it'd be too painful to go back and revisit that. But it's just interesting how all this stuff pans out. Because really, Scott was actually slated to do this at first. Huh. Yeah. And then he left production. I, I believe his brother passed away. And then he ended up doing... Mm. And he, it was taking too long to get the mm. get everything going. So he ended up doing Blade Runner instead. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these names that you're throwing out, like now they're fucking legends. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you have to remember, like everybody's just, you know, sc- scrabbling. Like now it makes perfect sense that David Lynch did this movie. This might because... have been his first big production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something to scale. I, it's just so crazy to think about how these guys were inventing the technology as they were creating these movies. Um, and now, like, yeah, Dune, it's, what's that expression? Like, they crawled so I could walk mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? Um, because I do think the Dune movie that came out this last year is so great and I'm not being biased. I just think it's a great story and it's it's a good reminder that like a fantastic sci-fi can really transport you. And yeah, I mean, sci-fi as a genre mm-hmm. is so fucking huge. I love that genre. But this movie definitely tapped into something at the time, which was maybe the gross elite, not trusting the government, stuff like that. Shadowy organizations behind Mm -hmm. the scenes of something Mm -hmm. that produces however much money per year. I don't know Mm -hmm. with inflation what 10,191 is going to be, but (laughs) how much money was involved and how much power was involved in the spice industry. Um, But it is interesting. Yeah, I actually downloaded Dune after I saw the 21 version. I haven't read it yet, um, Mm -hmm. but I'd like to. It's on your list. Yeah. I'm I'm old school. I like the hot, hard copy, so I think I'm gonna have to go. I bet you it's had a total resurgence since like the new movie, because yeah. um, everybody loves that IP. Uh, but yeah, I would totally read this. And I will say one thing that I did notice: the 1984 version doesn't give as much time to the women, uh, and I like that the 2021 version had some more strong female characters. Like Rebecca Ferguson is just such a fucking yeah, G. she's fantastic. Like, so amazing. Zendaya, like they really did balance it out because obviously the source material is a lot of dudes because in the book, I'm sure it's a very war driven book and, and, you know, 
And uh, so they did that. Mm. But was there anything else that stuck out to you? I mean, obviously, being a man of color, there's no one. Yeah, I mean, uh, I legit thought about it when I was watching that. Like you said, like, (laughs) oh, I guess none of us made it (laughs) to the future, which which sucks. You know, I'd, I'd like to see that we would make the future i can't even get exploited yeah, and yeah. spice out but you know like the the difference between the special effects and all that stuff but then something interesting i did see the you know the guild members the weird mm-hmm. guys that talk through the voice changer not the voice changer mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the um you know they change their language to english with that big microphone their costumes mm-hmm. were made out of old body bags what yeah that's crazy and then and they were actually used by multiple like cadavers and then uh david lynch david lynch didn't tell them till after uh the film was done (laughs) oh i don't know if i like that kind of funny creepy there's there's a lot in the background of this film you know what i mean which is to me the most interesting part all the different things that i read what else can you share well just like how um david like literally i'm looking at this part it says david lynch really hates dune he just (laughs) he doesn't want to talk about it and he doesn't want anything to do with it anymore and then um he publicly stated that he didn't want to see uh the 21 version either right probably because it's just so hard everybody was like right i'm sure everybody was like what do you you know like ask him questions and shit um there's a gentleman named alejandro Jordorowski, and he almost made a 14-hour version of Dune in 1974. But um, oh yeah, there, it swelled to a 10 to 14-hour epic project, and the funding dissolved. That, to me, sounds like he wanted to make a 14-part drama series. Could be. You know what like, I mean? Yeah, there is a miniseries, I think, of Dune. Hmm. Um, and I, I want to say there's another one coming because... I was looking at somebody's like cast and crew, and it said that they were slated for a Dune uh, miniseries. Hmm. Yeah, that's that should be coming out at some point. Listen, I think everybody should go watch the original Dune because I did laugh hysterically at some points, and also like David Lynch is a legend, and we should. I mean, Mulholland Drive is one of the first movies I saw when I was studying film at the University of Sydney that I was like oh, you can make real active choices about, you know, he, I was talking to someone about it, about the fact that we were doing this movie and they were like, David Lynch made art house feel mainstream, which is, I would agree with that. Like, you know, it's, he, I mean, you can't fault. The guy is a legend. His name is known. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed by his work. So. Yeah. He's a uh, definite, definite legend. And I think if you look back in anybody's career, they're probably going to have something that they look at and like, yeah, that wasn't a good project for me. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it comes like, who knows what he learned through what he thought is a failure, but I bet you there's a bunch of diehard Dune fans that super appreciate and love this movie. Hell yeah. There are. And like, it is a, it's a trailblazing movie. I mean, I know a lot of it was probably on the page in the book, um, but like, you know, the person I want to shout out today is the costume designer, like those, the nose things, like just the, the ingenuity of pulling that together. Like the team that made this happen at the time that they made it happen is like fucking crazy. So yeah, I, I, I was impressed, but yes, 
I think I think it's time to shout out someone. So because I kind of blew my load yeah, already, I'll say, <laughs> I'll say Bob Ringwood. I want to shout him out. He was the costume designer on the OG 1984 Dune. I mean, talk about a legend. If you go to his IMDb, he's worked on so many things. I mean, Troy, Star Trek Nemesis, um, AI, Artificial Intelligent, Alien Resurrection, Batman Forever, The Shadow, like Empire of the Sun, Prick of Your Ears. Santa Claus movie hilarious uh Dune that's what he did right after Dune by the way I'm sure that was a change of pace for him (laughs) um but you know this guy has worked and like I will say that one thing I loved consistently through both films was the the costume but the 1984 you know they had to just they didn't have a visual reference like the costume designers on the 2021 they could watch I'm sure you know they totally took it further but like Everything from, yeah, the suits on the Spice Planet, the the witches with their flowing robes and their head, the shit, like, just at the guy, the Baron in the original movie, 1984, like, he kind of looks really fucked up and weird. Mm-hmm. And I know they took it in a different direction, but, like, I think it kind of felt like clockwork orangish in this original movie, um, which is what they thought was, like, kind of scary. Yeah. And, yeah, anyway, I really liked the costume. So, Bob, we see Bob, you. Bob, we see and- you. And we appreciate, and we appreciate you. you. And I, and I appreciate a bald woman too. You know what I mean? Because some of those, it, some of those witch mothers were all bald, and it, and they're still hot. They're still hot. Yeah, I'd rub my head. You know, on a few of their heads. You could get a bald head friction going. Yeah. Just touch bald heads. <laughs> it's hot. The sound creeps. <laughs> um, who do you want to shout? Okay, out? so some of the reading up on this and all the stuff they had to do, different like the locations and building all that stuff out. I went with the production manager, nice. um, yeah, and location management, and his name is Juan Clemente Prosper, and mm-hmm. he, obviously he was a location management for 1984 Dune. He was a production manager for 1990 for Total Recall, location management for Conan the Barbarian, and then also Rambo: First Blood. So. Mm-hmm. This must have been kind of a nightmare to work mm-hmm. through all this, but before that he did Conan the Barbarian '82. So, like, I wonder, you know, going from that job two years later to doing this, seeing all the extra work he probably had to put in, it's probably good learning experience from him or for him. And you know, without him, this doesn't get made. And he probably had mm-hmm. a lot of trials and tribulations trying to get this done, long days. So, Juan, we see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we appreciate you. And I almost shouted out Toto because they did. I saw that (laughs) when I in the credits. I was like, wait, what? Toto. Uh, Talk about an 80s (laughs) film. Like if Toto, (laughs) if I told you nothing, if I said we're doing a movie and Toto was the music, you could probably guess like what What decade was it. (laughs) I mean, I bless those reins down in Africa. Oh, for sure. Sure. Although no Africans in this movie. Sorry. TMI. Maybe maybe they stayed on Earth and we got we got another planet that's similar to Earth, right? And we're we're running that thing. Are you telling me that Dune is segregation? Is that it, what you're it, telling I'm me? hoping because otherwise you just we're all exist. dead. <laughs> we're all dead. I'd rather have um, segregation than extinction. <laughs> True. So, but you heard yeah. it here first, guys. One is preferable over the other. Yeah. Um, well, David. It is the, you know, we're in the start of 2022, uh, the year 2022. I hope that it's going well for everybody mm-hmm. so far. Um, I hope everybody's enjoying the podcast. We see you out there. We see the numbers growing, which is exciting. We love our family of podcasters. But David, do you think that this milk, this milk, 
this spill milk, this uh, spice milk has stayed fresh. What is your take? Um, honestly, I don't think like it's a spice milk that, I, you know, my chai tea that I'm going to have. It's more of like a sandy, sandy milk mm. um, opposed to the spice milk. But I appreciate it for what it was. Just how you said they took something off a page and they had to make make it visual and they had to every little detail build this thing out from what the original novel writer wrote so that is difficult in and of itself um yes there's some cheesy parts if you want to say one thing that age like milk yeah it's going to be the technology and we're always going to have that conversation for the most part probably you know a majority of movies on the technology side are going to age 20, 30 years, 40 years down the line. So all in all, I, I enjoyed this, watching this, especially seeing it after the 21 version and comparing it, the same story. But I do not think this movie aged like milk just for you know what it is, the shot they took. And it, maybe some execution could have handled different. Maybe if David Lynch got the final edit, it might have been a little bit better, but who knows? Um, but yeah, I I do not think this movie aged like milk. I think you're right. I think the fact that they just remade it this past year, I mean, they shot it a couple years ago, I, you know, maybe takes a long time, but I think it just goes to show that the story is still fresh, right? Yes, mm-hmm. the execution of the 1984 version. I mean, when you start talking about films from like 40 years ago and what they were trying to achieve, you know, by today's standards, of course, it's going to look fucking ridiculous. And you're going to think that the little slug alien is farting <laughs> out of his mouth. And that's going to be hilarious. And you're going to be like, what is this movie? And if you eat an edible before you watch this film, you will be on a different yeah, planet. Yeah. Like it's literally, it's just so bizarre. <laughs> um, however... That being said, I do think the 2021 version is superior, obviously, not only from a technology standpoint, from the way they teased out the stories of the women and even Paul, the main character, um, and also, of course, the diversity. Oh, yeah. The new the new film acknowledges that there would be people of all you know creeds and colors and backgrounds in this. And I think one thing that we didn't really touch on that the 1984 version again, kind of gave me an icky feeling. It's like, it's a bit like Islamophobic, I want to say. Well, not not maybe necessarily Islamophobic, but like clearly these people on this planet, you know, the, the names that they give them and like sort of like certain things. It definitely was like exploring this otherness of Islamic culture. Um, and I think the new version doesn't, doesn't really focus on that. It's just like a different world, mm-hmm. you know? So I think... Again, you have to look at the film in the context of the time. What were people worried about in the 80s that that seeped into movies versus what are we worried about now? Um, A great example of that is always looking back at like the James Bond films and seeing who the bad guys are. I think that's a great metric for looking at like where we are as a society, because if you look at a lot of the Bonds from like the 80s and the early 90s, it's always like these Russian Mm. bad guys. And then it becomes different. You know, you've got like people from Asian descent. And it's just, it's just fascinating. I think to, to see how, what the collective is comes into a film. And I, I suspect that, you know, post pandemic, it's going to be a lot of like virus and like zombie type stuff. Cause that's what we're all. Fucking yeah. About. Seeps so, in the subconscious. It does. But David, I'm excited for the year ahead of podcasting. We have some incredible guests uh, lined up to come on. 
Um, and I'm excited to see what we're both up to. We don't have anything to necessarily talk about right now, but TBD on exciting things for us personally mm-hmm. coming down the pipeline. So for now, you should just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> but also you should check your fridge. And make sure that milk ain't spoiled. Because gross milk is gross. That's our show. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you on the flippy flop. See you. Bye.